Blog Talk Radio. Hi guys, this is Richard Diaz and this is a special broadcast. We're reaching out to all the folks that live in the southern part of the United States, the Louisiana, Georgia, Alabama, Texas areas, because we're putting our show on the road. We're coming down to put on a run clinic, VO2 testing, the whole schmear in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And for those of you that are interested, been hearing about it, and want to have more information, I thought we'd go ahead and do this little bit of a broadcast to give you guys a sense of what it is. And I want to go ahead and right up front say thank you to my dear friend and client, Hunter McIntyre, who offered to come on and share a few thoughts. So here we go. Got about 30 minutes. Just sit tight, listen to the information, and be sure, once it's done, to visit naturalrunningcoach.net and click on the clinic tab to get registration information. Don't wait. Registration expires on January 25th. That's right around the corner, so be sure you do it. Thanks a lot, folks. Real quick, Hunter, this is Rich and Emily Rochelle. Did I say it right? You got it, man. Hey, hey Hunter. Glad to talk to you, man. We, we followed you, and congratulations on your, on your new course record. Oh, thank you kindly. <laughs> thank you kindly. A pleasure to meet you both. Hey. Awkward looking at your profile picture. Thank yeah. you, brother. <laughs> yeah. Hunter's laying up on an island in a restaurant right now, drinking, yeah. carrying on. Should be <laughs> focusing on uh, Temecula coming up in the Battle Frog, but no. Life's too short, man. I got. I'm drinking this thing called Buffalo Milk. It's kind of like a twist on a painkiller. A little bit more fun. But I'm, I'm enjoying it, you know. What's in it? I don't know. It's some kind of like banana culotta, a little bit of coconut culotta, and a bunch of alcohol. But it's good. I mean, it's a recovery drink for sure. So, look, Hunter, the reason I asked you to come on, these kind folk have reached out to me and asked if there was a possibility that we could come out and do a clinic for them and their friends and the people that they train and race with. Cool. And Emily, in her own right, is uh, an amazing athlete and uh, making fun of her husband often because she's so much stronger than he is. Man, that's it's what she told worst, me. But, <laughs> that's what happens when you start dating girls that go to the gym, man. It's dangerous. You gotta be careful. Yeah. Well, I was, I was smart making that decision. Yeah, man. But anyway, um, I wanted to try to do just kind of a special presentation on what folks can expect if they participate in the run clinic, and what the value is in getting a VO2 test by me, and how all this kind of information gels. And I know you need to get back to your uh, to your meal there and your buffalo milk. So I'm just going to ask you if you could just do a little shout-out to all the OCR racers that are going to hear this and maybe just give a couple minutes of what you think is the value and the benefit of doing this kind of work. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, uh, I think, you know, first and foremost, um, hard work is the first thing you really need to focus on. But, you know, working with someone like Rich, which uh, has been a great deal of pleasure hanging out with a good guy like him, but also – you know what, it, it's just, you know, working on your running form is something you need to work on. Working on your absolute speed is something you need to work on. And knowing really where you're at doing a VO2 mask is like, you know, basically the the baseline of information you need to know. And having that kind of valuable information 
won't necessarily make you a superstar athlete because you need to put the hard work in, but it will tell you which direction you need to go in. And it makes, you know, it makes a huge difference. You know, I dedicate myself on a daily basis so I can improve myself, but not having the proper direction and, um, kind of makes those things a little bit complicated and the more serious you want to get, or just, you know, if you want to have a little bit more fun and have a better grasp on what you're really getting yourself involved with, you know, that's where it all really starts. So, you know, every single day is going to be a progression of you really dedicating yourself to being a better athlete, but having tools like, you know, running form or working on speed treadmills, which is another specialty of riches, is going to raise your immediate ceiling and your immediate potential of being an athlete. Like, uh, and not to brag, but, you know, this weekend's a great example. I was able to go out and uh, do a trail race, which, you know, was an Xterra race, and we had these crazy bombing hills, and I was able to get out there and just turn my legs over like a bat out of hell. I clocked a 433 mile in the middle of the race, and cool. it was all because I was able to, you know, dedicate myself and put myself in these positions, working with a coach like Rich, and, you know, raising that potential and being able to crank out those legs. And because I was able to be there in training when it came race time, it, you know, it transfers immediately over. And, you know, honestly, um, you got to start somewhere, and it's great to work with somebody like Rich to give you some guidance. And then after that, you know, it's to you guys to put your nose to the grindstone. So anybody who's listening, I think it's an amazing experience. I still work with him on a weekly basis. And, uh, you know, I'll be at a couple of the uh, – some of these seminars so if you guys ever want to reach out to both of us rich is a great resource but uh i always like kind of hanging out and learning lessons as uh, the day goes on myself yeah, man, we, you, you ought to come eat some crawfish with us in baton rouge hey man i like that idea i drove through <laughs> there once i had a groovy time i was drinking you know similar drinks to this and uh crawdads sound pretty good yeah <laughs> hey Pancho, it, it, if you don't mind can, can you can you tell us why you chose richard um, you know, honestly, um, I'm a big time, uh, I'm a geek when it comes to knowing the best information so I can apply it to myself. So I started to listen, you know, read the best books, listen to the best podcasts. And I found, I stumbled on his podcast, similar to what we're doing right now. And I really connected with what he was doing. So I gave him a call. I cold called him and I said to myself, I was like, look, man, I want to be the best. I heard what you're doing is the best. So, you know, let's make this work. And it clicked right away, man. He was a, a really good time. Like I'm, I'm a big time bullshitter, so if I can have a good time with somebody, <laughs> it's awesome. So I'm all about that. And then, you know, hard work meets good times is a, is a big deal for me. You know, you can have an awesome coach, but if he's a total dud, then there's no ma there's no chemistry there. I don't want to have a career with that. But you know, Rich is the best of both worlds. Well, that was awful nice of you, buddy. Hey man, you, you no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it was a, I'll, I admit it, man. You know, you know how. To but I gotta time. tell you, I'm still gonna whip your ass come Thursday. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm I'm too soft on these things. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but honestly, look, guys, I mean, you gotta enjoy what you do, and you gotta be really in love with it, and you gotta work hard for it. And uh, having a great coach and having a great program is the fundamental of you know having the best potential that you can have. So. I mean, I can only say so many words, but that's really what I believe in. Hard work deserves rewards, and you just got to put your nose to the grindstone, baby. I appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. Let's let you get back to your buffalo milk. Hey, you guys enjoy the South, man. I'm a little bit jealous. You guys have some fun down there, and hopefully we'll bump into each other. I might bring right you. Soon. I might bring hey. you. We'll see. Love vacation, my friend. <laughs> you guys enjoy it. See you, see you hey. Thursday. Hey. Adios. Okay, so that was kind of fun. But back to the serious aspect of what we're trying to accomplish here. Let's begin with you guys. I want to hear from Emily because I know Emily's out there, and she's uh, she's very, very serious. So 
I really want to hear some honest thoughts about what you hope to gain from the visit and all of that, okay? Okay. Um, I'm not an experienced runner. I ran a little bit of track in high school just recreationally. I didn't get into running until after I had my first kid eight years ago, and now I have four. So um, running's always just kind of been a break for me. And then, you know, getting into OCR has been really exciting, really fun. I found out that I can, you know, be pretty competitive in it. And um, I just want to find out, you know, what can make me faster, what I can do. I feel like I have exhausted all of my efforts um, trying to do it myself, and I just need to see some improvement. So I'm looking forward to to really kind of figuring all that out. Okay, so now – Full disclosure, you and I have obviously spoke, and I've actually gotten some video on you so I could see how you're moving. Real quick, what, what would you say the weakness is that you'd like to dispel? Um, I'd like to be able to, um, you know, shorten my stride. I, I've seen that I'm a heel striker. You know, um, has, I think that's causing a lot of my hamstring pain, my knee pain, my back pain. Um, I can't ever shake that. I'm always in some kind of pain. So if I could improve that and get faster at the same time, um, I'd like to know the what I can do. Cool, Rich. Well, I I, I would I would like to say that we've uh, we've tried all kinds of different programs for Emily. She's always placed just outside of the of the podium um, in every Spartan that she's done, and and we don't we don't know what to do with running. And she could be a whole lot faster than what, what she is. And it was so exciting that after you looked at her first videos where you said that you could bring her mile time down in easy 30 seconds. Like, that's um, that's going to be a, a big game changer for us. So we're pretty excited about that. For me, um, I've been following you for about a year. And then finally when we had the chance, and I've, I've been listening to your techniques and, and how to do everything, and slowly been trying to incorporate them all wrong because – yeah, I don't have you there coaching me. And so what I hope to get out, out of this is how to fix my form, how to become more efficient, how not to get winded, how to go on a training run and apply the effort that I'm supposed to apply. I, I don't know if I'm under training, over training, if I'm supposed to be running faster during this certain interval or even I'm supposed to be running intervals at this time. Uh, I believe in heart rate-based training off of the literature I've read. I just don't know how to apply it. Okay. Well, let me just kind of start by a broad stroke. Let's just take it from a broad perspective. A lot of people will accuse me of being a heart rate guy. And I don't think that's the case at all. I look at heart rate as a very, very critical aspect of how we train. It's information. It tells us how our body's responding to the work we're doing. And then the mechanical aptitude, in my opinion, is really the, it's, it's like the pancakes and the syrup. The way your, your heart is, is uh, beating relative to the work you're doing, the cost of work, a better way to express it, and the efficiency in the way you move through space. Those two things are the most critical aspects of sport. Almost doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. So you can have, uh, and let me just kind of get out of the box here and just assume, not even knowing Emily, that the reason she's getting real near the podium a lot 
is because she's got a lot of heart. She's got a lot of gut. She's pretty tough. And she's not afraid to get out there and express herself. And where she's having a problem is that she's just not bringing the skills necessary to get on the podium. And as you suggested, 30 seconds off of her mile split would be a game changer. You know, you're talking about if it's a, a nine-mile race, you're talking about four and a half minutes. And if you're near the podium, four and a half minutes probably is going to put you somewhere on the podium, maybe second place. Who knows? In some cases, maybe first place. And not everyone that I'm going to see and work with is going to get on a podium, truth be told. But I know for a fact, through all the work that I've done with all the people that I've worked with, that when we help them to better understand not just the way they should be moving, but the cost associated with the way they move, and better understand how to manipulate that cost, and better understand how to improve the way they move, everything gets better. It's a function of science. It's not a matter of guesswork whatsoever. It becomes a function of one plus one equals two. And I throw some pretty braggadocious comments out there, for example, drop in 30 seconds. Truth be told, who knows? I'll, I'll have a better idea when I meet her. I'll have a better idea after I've done a VO2 with her. But I can tell you, once you have that information and you know what to do with it, it's a big-time game changer. And one of the things that I think is important, and, and I thought about this long and hard today before we did this, the problem that I have with people that have apprehension when it comes to participating in an event like this is they don't have anything to compare it to. If I told you that we're having a Battle Frog event on Saturday, your mind wraps around that and you pretty much know what it is you can expect. It's a function yep. of the distance. It's a function of the type of uh, obstacles you're going to face. Or at the same token, if I said we're doing a Spartan event, you've already wrapped your head around the cost and the benefit. You know that you're going to get this sense of elation because you completed the event. You got a chance to rub shoulders with your friends. It's just a really warm and fuzzy feeling to be able to get out there and compete. When I tell people that I'm going to put on a clinic, it doesn't come off as something that seems warm and fuzzy. You know, it doesn't seem like, okay, that's like the ice cream truck coming down the street. It's going to be a good time. It just seems like something that's kind of mundane and, oh, God, I don't know if I want to go through that. But I got to tell you, I get chased down by the people that are participating in my events after the fact. It becomes something that they had no no idea that they would come away feeling as empowered as they do. And it's not that I'm just delivering this you know, awesome rocket science. It's just really good, fundamental, irrefutable information that, that most people don't have access to. I do this for a living. I do this every day. You heard Hunter talk about, you know, he's one of the best OCR athletes in the world today. And I think he's probably going to be uh, at the top of the game in 2016. But he comes to me like a babe in the woods, and he has desire. He wants it. He knows that in order to get where he wants to go, he's going to have to invest. And there's one of two things, either people plagued with injury or people that are at their top of the game. It's the people in the middle that assume that, ah, it's not for me, where in fact, these are the people that are going to get the most amount of benefit from it. I don't mean to hoard the stage here, but... that That's, that's exactly the... Um some of the objections that, that I've gotten. And I, I, I know for me, I, I know that, that education, I mean, that, that, that doesn't just, just leave you. And I, so I know for us, we saw 2016 as our, like, 
we're going to take running seriously. We're going to do it right. And then now since we have the opportunity to, to hang out with you, like this is, this is a lifelong thing. Like I intend to be running injury free and do it well for the rest of my life. I mean, that's, that's fully my intention. And, and that's the expectation I have out of you to teach me. Cause I'll, I'll put in the work. I just want to know how to do it right. I could have had a long list of people that I could have invited to come on and do this with us. A few people came to mind because of the just the amazing results that they gathered from participating. And some names you may know, some you don't. Uh, but in particular, a girl by the name of Maggie Lagan. You guys know Maggie? No, sir. Okay, Maggie's on the West Coast, and it's, it's interesting. I, there's a lot of West Coast folks, and then there's the... I'm getting all over the, the map now, so I get a little taste of everybody. But Maggie came to me, and she podiumed often in various events. And we did some work with her. And after the first clinic we did, she reported back to me in four weeks. And she said that after doing the time trial that I asked her to do initially, four or five weeks later, she did the time trial again, and she dropped three minutes for, from her mile split for an aerobic performance. Whoa. And so what I'm suggesting to you is that we identified that her threshold was, or her aerobic threshold, incidentally, it was about 140 beats per minute. And I asked her to run a mile at that 140 beats per minute and report back to me to let me know what the finish time was. And she did. And then four weeks later, she came back. And at the same heart rate, indicating the same cost of effort, she dropped three minutes from her finish time for one mile. Now, that's not always going to be the case. It really becomes a function of where you began, how fit you are when you started, what skill sets you had when you started. But I find that the people with the greatest amount to gain see tremendous result. I mean, if you're running 11-minute miles and all of a sudden you're running a 9-minute mile, that's pretty big. Yeah. And, you know, in the case of Emily, when I shot it off and said maybe probably 30 seconds, 30 seconds when you're at the, the top of the heap is a big deal. It's, it's a lot. So the advantage that I think that I have is the experience that I've gathered over the years doing what I do. And to be honest with you, I don't know anybody that does what I do. I'm the only guy that I know that actually packages the, the testing, look at the metabolic cost of work, and marries it up with actually getting out and doing the gait analysis, gait correction, and has a system of training that's unique. So, what I mean, what's the, what is that that testing? So, we know that you have your VO2 testing. Uh, that's going to be on February 27th. What would somebody expect? Say, so, I, I, I walk in for, for my test. When, what's going to happen? Okay. I, I'm glad we, we, took, we took it back to that because I was dying to go there. I have to share that, if you don't mind, I want to share that you sent me a copy of a report having got a VO2 test back home. Yeah. And you sent it to me, and it was in an Excel sheet, and I looked at the data they gave back to you, and it was just an absolute cluster. I mean, I wouldn't imagine that any average consumer could look at that and get hiding her hair out of what that test was trying to tell you. And for the amount of money that you paid for that test, I would have been pretty upset. I've already shared that with you. Yep. I've learned over the 20 years that I've been testing athletes that the most important thing I can do is impart working information to my clients. I look at the information. It means a ton to me, 
And most people look at me with trout mouth waiting for me to explain to them what it means because they don't have no idea what it means. And they need me to be able to deliver that message. And I know that for me to provide value and to continue to do the work I do and make a living at it, I need to make it valuable. And the way I do that is by breaking it down in real-world terms so that people understand what it means and what they should be doing, why they should be doing it, and what they could expect from having done it. And I've, you know, I've probably shared with you that I've written a book about this type of thing, and the book was written for the consumer. It wasn't written to try to impress my colleagues out in the world that do the work I do. It's so that someone can look at it. I mean, if the name wasn't already taken, I would have called it Heart Rate Training for Dummies, simply because I tried to make it very, very simple. I dummy it down to a place where people understand it. So I test you in a very specific way relative to the type of activities you're involved in. And then as I see the report come out, I start to learn about you. And when I've learned about you, then I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to explain to you why you should be doing what you should be doing, what the state of affairs are, how well your body's responding to the work you're doing, what your deficits are, what kind of things you should be doing to improve. I usually get a snapshot from people about the type of events they're trying to compete in, long-range goals, short-range goals, and then I give them a little schematic. This is what you should be doing how often. This is what you should be doing on days that you're not doing that. And I give them some, some work to do. And I give them an understanding of what, how to approach the work and what it's going to uh, mean to them when they do it. So, and it's, and I, as, you, as you recall, I told you that I couldn't take more than, oh, I said between 10 and 15 people max in a given day simply because I know that it's not a function of just putting people up on the cart and testing them. I've got to sit down with them. I've got to provide them with information so they, they walk away happy and they understand it. And it slays me that people in the industry don't take that approach, that they don't think in terms of the consumer's view of the work that they're, they're paying for. And I, I try to think like the consumer. I want to think, what did I pay for this for? If, I didn't, if I'm not going to get any valuable information, why did I give you all this money? Yeah, well, when, one thing I, I thought was interesting, and th this was done at a pretty prominent biomedical research center here in Baton Rouge, um, is that in the results they gave me, they said what was easy, what was moderate, and what was vigorous. Like, well, I could tell you what that is. I mean, <laughs> I, I can I can go out for a jog and for a race and tell you what I, I feel is is moderate and vigorous, but I, how does how does this apply to to my my running and my training? And, and and I hope that's something that we could pull out of the clinic as as that is something that's gonna be done, correct? Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. And I, I have to use this because I heard it in a movie the other day and I, I fell in love with it. The guy says, you know, some people look up at the clouds and they point at the clouds and they talk about the weather. I'm gonna make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> When you walk in and you get tested, we're going to make it rain. You're going to come away from that. You're going to be lit up. You're going to be so lit up with information that you're going to be excited about going to work. And that's half the, half the value of this. Now, we talked about the cost of energy and the value and the benefit of that. But then the way you move through space. I think I have every book that was written on running mechanics. I mean, and I've you know me. I've interviewed pretty much everybody that is a self-professed guru in running mechanics. Pretty much all of the favorites. 
Some of them I like, some of them I don't care too much about. But I can tell you that by reading a book, you cannot learn how to run. You can gain some thoughts, you can gain some insights, and a lot of it will be correct. But when you try to apply what you've read in that book, it's just not going to work. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me, and I haven't seen it work for anybody so far. You really need, in order to really, really gather this information and understand it and do it properly, you need somebody's hands on you to physically show you what it is you're doing wrong and what you need to do to correct it. And we've been doing this now for several years with large groups of people, and we tend to keep the groups as, as close to the bone as we, as we need to so that we don't lose anybody. We don't want anybody walking away from our clinic feeling like they got left out. But we're physically going to put people through their paces. We're going to show that we're going to video them individually. We're going to sit with them individually and show them what we found from the video, where the flaws are, show them the flaws, explain to them what they need to do to correct those flaws, and physically take them out and teach them how to run properly. It's a very, very powerful get-together. And I'll tell you what, if, it, if I didn't believe it to be as powerful as, I, as I'm expressing it right now, I'd have quit doing it a long time ago. I really would have. Well, it was, um, I mean, we, we hired you to do our video gate analysis. And the primary reason for that is that we wanted to fine-tune our pace and, until you come. And so that then when you come, you can further tweak our mechanics. But I always thought I was a, a decent runner. I mean, I'm probably right at a 20-minute 5K. And it wasn't until that, until Emily videotaped me and I sent it to you, how embarrassing, how embarrassing it was. I mean, and it was, um, it was pretty, pretty eye-opening, you know, to think that, hey, I, I think I'm a pretty good runner. It's like, well, you know what? There's a, there's a good bit that you can improve on. And so that's one of the things that I, I really look forward to in, and I, I say that for uh, several of my peers who I know are great runners. Like, you think you're a good runner, but have you seen yourself? Oh, yeah. my God. And, you know, a lot of people like to believe that leave well enough alone. And I have to tell you that it really is a function of physics. It's not an opinion. I'm not trying to be somebody's coach. I'm, I'm an advisor. When I come out there, I'm going to show you the things that you can do and, and my, while you were talking, the thought in my head was, you're both working way too hard for what you're getting out of your run. And when you start noticing that the, the cost of work starts going down because you're moving more efficiently, your times are going to drop. You're going to wake up in the morning, and the, the types of sorenesses that Emily's been having in her back and her hip and things like this, that stuff's going to go away. And that's going to be a home run all by itself. If I don't do anything else but to keep the pain from coming on after you've run, that's already a home run. But it's, it's, it's absolutely, I mean, do I sound excited about this? I mean, I'm, I'm here to tell you that I get excited about this because I know where this leads. And I've done it so many times. I've got testimonial from more people that I care to write on paper for, for the results we've gotten from people. And, and that, that was one of the reasons why, why we wanted to invite you. Um, a good friend of ours, Ty, said one of his best trainers is a guy named Ben. Ben and I were talking, and Ben says, have you ever heard of Richard Diaz? I was like, no, I, I haven't heard of him. And so Ben, who I know does a lot of research, um, he says, well, I hired him. I'm not telling you his secrets because I want to beat you in this place. <laughs> and, 
and we go to a battle frog, uh, me and another guy named Phil, and we sit in a small circle with Matt Campion, Benny Gifford, and Jack Bauer. And all these guys are saying the importance of running mechanics. This is um, this would be the second time that I heard your name spit out in the course of a week. And then that's when I finally looked you up. Then you went over to the Yancey camp, and I saw all the testimonials from these guys who were just nailing it on the course. And they're saying, man, I was doing everything all wrong. And it's like, that's what gets me excited. It's like, I actually have a chance to maybe hang with these guys. And so I'm fired up for you coming, man. Well, I got to tell you, and I probably shouldn't share this, but I got a call from Matt Campione a while back after the, the clinic we did in Texas. And he goes, hey, man, he goes, I want to come out and spend three weeks with you. <laughs> he goes, I'm just going to, I just, I don't care. I'll just hole up in a hotel, but I want to be there and spend about three weeks with you. Yeah. And, and he's, he's burning it up. And I said, you know, Matt, I said, look, let's, let's calm down. <laughs> let's have a conversation. Let's, let's get together. We'll talk and we'll try to come up with a game plan. But it's not unusual for me to get people to, to travel. I've got a fellow coming out from Vermont in a couple of weeks and he's going to do the very thing we're going to do in, in Baton Rouge. And he, he said, look, I'm flying in to Los Angeles. I'll rent a car. I'll drive up to your house. We'll do the work we're going to do. I'll get back down to L.A., spend the night in a hotel, and I'll fly home. But it's that important to me. And I don't know whenever I'm going to get back to Baton Rouge. And, and I told you many times that I've lived in Louisiana. I, I, I love Louisiana. And I really want to be able to come down there. But I don't know when I'll come back. So it's important that the folks that are kind of sitting the fans vacillating about this, that they get off their dime and they make the investment. Because the last thing that anybody would want to do is find out that all the friends that went are wearing them out because they didn't go. Right? Yep. And that will happen. I, I Trust me now. Anybody listening to this, I promise you, if you're within earshot of, of that clinic, and your friends are going and you don't, you're going to rue the day because they're going to be dropping you, and it's going to be your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a the, – and the way that I see it is that it's it's 150 bucks for the run clinic. Um, that's, that's about the same amount as one race entry that we don't even balk at. You know, we just like, yeah, this 150 is, is the cost for it, Spartan. Here it is. Let's go. And that's a one-time event. We pay 150. We have an elite endurance coach come here. We don't have to travel to you. You tell us what to do, and it lasts a lifetime. To to me, this this is a no brainer. This is this is easy, and it's the same thing for the for the VO2 clinic. The Pennington Biomedical Center charges 282. This is the premier medical center in the state. They charge 282 dollars for what you're doing for 150 bucks. And gave pretty poor results. Well, wait, wait, wait! I charged two hundred bucks for the, the 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 total the total price for the clinic and the test is three ninety nine. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to confuse anybody. Thank you. But you know, just just to be clear, and again, I, I'm go, I have to. My my wife tells me all the time, you know, you really need to promote yourself better because uh, I tend to be a little standoffish and I get beat up all the time about. It. I mean, Hunter was berating me on on the phone just a moment ago for not showing up to this race that he participated in because he killed those folks. You know, you heard him say it. He, was, he ran a 433 mile 
in the middle of a 21k mountain race. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's I I think it's quite a bit attributed to the work we've been doing lately. Uh, we're getting his leg speed up. He understands very precisely what he needs to do when he runs mechanically these days. And you know he was a great athlete when I met him. Don't get me wrong, but he's a better athlete today than he was when I met him. What I was getting at is that my test is like guerrilla warfare. I test athletes understanding what they're trying to achieve. And I know the information that they need to get there. So going into a, a sterile clinic where somebody tosses you on a, on a cart like a lab rat and then spits out some numbers and sends you home with that sheet of paper, indifferent of what, whether you felt like you were pleased or displeased with it, is not what we're talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm emotionally vested in the improvement in my athletes. And I, that's why people th- that live out where you live are talking about, about a guy that's doing this work that lives in California. There's a reason for that name getting out there. It's because I'm getting results from people. And again, I just don't be that guy. Don't be that girl that sat on the couch or decided to go do that race because you want to get your yayas out and put in a mediocre performance time and time again where you could have been on your way to getting better and better and better because you didn't participate in this event. Amen. That's pretty. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I feel that way about it. So what have we not said that we should say before we shut this down? Oh, I, I think that the timing is important um, for for all the listeners. And so your VO2 clinic, you told me that it typically takes about 45 minutes to an hour for, per person, right? Yeah. And then if you want to stick around, you can stick around. That's great. But it's not a whole Saturday commitment if you don't want it to be. Right. So to be to be more clear on that, the testing is going to be conducted by appointment. We're going to allow the whole day, and the testing is going to take place in the host hotel that I'm staying at, which I don't even know what it is, but it's it's on the website. And for those that are listening that haven't been to the website, it's naturalrunningcoach.net, and go to the clinics tab, and you'll see all the information there, the ability to register, and if you want to, you can click on another tab that shows you some videos of past clinics we put on. So what I suggested was, let's say, for example, that your test was at 9 o'clock in the morning and you're just so enthusiastic about the work that you wanted to hang out and watch me test other folks. Unless the people I'm testing have reservation, you're more than welcome to do so. Actually, I encourage it because while I'm testing people, I'm also looking at the way they're moving while I have them in that controlled environment. And then I'm offering them information and I'm helping them with this or that. And we're talking about things. And we get off the treadmill. We do a little stuff. Depends on how the day rolls out. If I'm really congested and I'm just back to back to back to back, then it's not going to be as happy-go-lucky. But I try to make it fun. I try to make it educational. And I try to encourage people to hang around to, to suck up as much information as they possibly can. And so I guess that would be a little different than what you went through, right? Yeah, you know, slightly. I was I was in and out in thirty minutes. Uh, okay, so then, uh, and the following day is the clinic, and on the clinic, first order of business is we're going to video people running. We're not going to tell anybody anything. We just want to see what they do, and then we're going to break it down and we're going to show them what they're doing wrong, what the, we need to do to correct it, and then we're going to set about doing our dog and pony show and making these corrections and having people go through their paces. We're going to talk about how this information marries up with the heart rate information that we gathered. 
And again, my goal is to be as informative and educational and helpful as I possibly can while I'm there. And depending on the number of people that we get registered, I'd love to bring some of my assistants, my posse with me. It just depends on whether we get enough people to show up. But as, as it stands right now, I'm committed. I'm coming down there to do this business as long as we get the minimum amount of people we need. Right. And uh, one more thing we should talk about is the deadline to register. Oh, yeah. That's coming up a week from now or a week of this recording. The 25th is the drop-dead deadline of January. If you wait beyond that and try to register, you're going to find out that one of two things happen. Either you can't get in or I didn't come. <laughs> so we we definitely need people to respond. We want you to do it right away. And I had made an offer where that those who register early, I'm going to send them, a, well, I won't send it, we'll, we'll hand deliver it to them, a signed copy of my book, My Best Race, which is basically all the information you need to know in respect to how the heart rate stuff works into your running. Very good. Did we nail it? I think so, ma'am. Any parting statements, Emily? Come out to the clinic. <laughs> or I'll beat you. <laughs> there you go. I'm telling you. All right. Well, look, I'm looking forward to meeting both of you out there. And uh, we got some stuff to talk about yet, so we'll probably have to schedule another time to do that because it's getting past my bedtime. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Hi, guys. This is Richard Diaz, and this is a special broadcast. We're reaching out to all the folks that live in the southern part of the United States